Well, welcome to the latest of the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. Well, since everybody else is talking about the stimulus flash rescue, um, I might as well, and we'll get into what it might mean to ASA members or people in manufacturing as a whole. Obviously, this has been a very controversial issue. It's been kicked around really since last fall. As an economist, we get to complain about everything. And one of the things that we were complaining about really early was that this was too late. One of the concerns as we look at what the stimulus will do is that it is coming at the wrong time. The economy is already on the mend. It's already starting to grow. We're actually seeing some pretty spectacular predictions and numbers. And the fear is that this money is going to be coming right when you probably don't need it and it could overheat the economy. There's a lot of caveats to that. There's a lot of things that could control inflation. We don't necessarily have to see this play out the way people are predicting, but that risk is there. The Europeans did their stimulus last fall. Um, China was doing somewhat the same thing. We were talking about it last fall, but we didn't get around to it until the elections were over. And then we didn't get around to it in January, and we didn't get around to it in February. And finally, we got around to it in March. It has been revised, and it is not quite the stimulus that it was intended to be early on, which is probably a good thing. It became more of a rescue operation, trying to help people who were definitely hit by the recession last year. There's really no economic objection to this. These people are really not going to be contributing to an overheat situation. They're just trying to catch up with the damage they incurred last year. A lot of the money is going to be going to dealing with the virus and getting more vaccines, so that's okay. There's going to be a considerable part of the money going to the states and the cities. That's probably okay, too given that a lot of these jurisdictions were very dependent on state sales taxes and local sales taxes, which all fell through the bottom when people stopped spending on all those services. The area where there's going to be the most controversy is kind of pushing money into the hands of consumers that, quote, don't need it. Obviously, we all need more money. Um, We could be making all the money in the world, and we still need more money. But The reality is that people who would take the money and basically do what you want them to do in a stimulus, which is go out and spend, that's probably not needed right now. And that's one of the things that was starting to change. They were reducing the amount of money people were going to get, reducing the extra unemployment per week, trying not to encourage the overheating part. There are three things that drive inflation. One of them is not a factor at all right now. We have not seen anything in the way of wage inflation. We probably will not see that for years to come. Obviously, in certain sectors, you're already seeing wage inflation, and you've seen it throughout, but it's not enough to trigger any kind of a national economic response. I mean, people in the industry that you're part of have been struggling to find people for years and have had to pay more to get the talent that you need. But that doesn't extend to the entire economy. You've got tens of millions of people who are desperate for any kind of job and are going to basically hold those wages down. The second thing that drives inflation has been, and you've been experiencing this already, the commodity prices are going up. 
Price per barrel of oil is now over 70 bucks. Um, lumber prices are up 70%. Metal prices are up. Steel prices are up. Copper is up. You name it, it's up. This has been a result of a reduction in production, which took place earlier in the year because people were nervous about all the inventory they were stuck with last spring. But it also is this sudden demand that no one really anticipated. Like, all of a sudden, things are on fire in lots of different categories, and it's been tough for a lot of the producers to keep up. They will eventually start to catch up probably by mid to late summer, maybe into the fall. It kind of depends on how long they can get this string to carry on. There's going to be pressure from some of the producers who will be hitting the market looking for market share, but we probably won't see that until later in the summer. That leaves the third driver for inflation, and this is what's got people worried about the stimulus. That is money supply. When you have a lot of money chasing a limited amount of supply, it begins to drive prices up and you begin to get a cycle. So the prices go up, people who are in a position to demand more money do. That then makes the prices go up. Again, we have seen a little bit of activity when you look at the consumer price index, producer price index, really showing up with things like food and fuel. But one of the tricky things about economists is that when we look at inflation, we do not look at food and fuel. They are too volatile, and it messes up our models. So we don't count those. We look at core rates of inflation. Core rate is everything except food and fuel. We don't want to have those included because it makes it really difficult to compare year over year because those prices are so volatile. The core rate of inflation has remained around 2%, even though the real rate is around 3 3.5%. So until the core starts to move, you're not going to see the Fed reacting and raising rates. And that's the critical thing. That's what really hurts about inflation. It's not so much that the prices are going up. Some people benefit, some don't. What the real issue is, is will the Fed feel like it needs to start putting on the brakes to control inflation? They are saying that they will not, but something to bear in mind is that the conversation about raising rates has started. The Cleveland Fed just released a report on what they thought inflation is going to be doing and what they think rates should be. The rate range for the last several years has been between 0 and 0.25%. So between the zero and a quarter of a percent. The Cleveland Fed has said, we think rates should be between 1.1% and 1.5. Not a lot, but that's considerably higher than zero. Bear in mind that the Cleveland Fed is a very hawkish Fed. This is the Fed led by Loretta Mester. She is now the head of the Cleveland Fed. She used to be head of research under Charles Plosser, who was the head of the Philadelphia Fed. Plosser was the most hawkish Fed president probably in history, except for the one in my town, Kansas City. Tom Honig was the other big hawk. He was replaced by another hawk, Esther George. So between Esther George and Loretta Mester, those are the two hawks, and they're the ones who are saying we need to see rates come up. So far, they're in the minority. So we'll just have to watch and make sure that 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 stays that way if you want to see rates stay down. Where it matters to you guys is obvious. If the rates go up 
and bond yields go up, which they're starting to, mortgage rates go up. And if mortgage rates go up, that is kind of the end of the housing boom. Nothing else has been promoting housing. Prices are high. You've had commodity costs go up. Labor shortages are a factor. You still have high unemployment. But as long as the mortgage rates were down, you still had a good market. If those start to go up, then you have a problem. So there you have it, my take on what's going on with the stimulus. Some good, some bad, a lot of things to be worried about, and we will worry about those as we go through the next few months. Thanks.